The opinions and views expressed in this program do not reflect those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents. To find out more about this talk show or other talk shows broadcasting on KUCI, log on to our website at KUCI.org or check out the latest program guide. Good morning, you're listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine, California, streaming online at KUCI.org and podcasting on iTunes. Welcome to Fighting for Love. This show will help you turn conflict into collaboration in all your relationships. I'm Lloyd, the show's engineer, and your host is Mari Frank, an attorney mediator since 1985. She's the author of several books, including Negotiations, Breakthroughs, and Fighting for Love. She's a mediator for the Orange County Superior Court Civil Mediation Panel, and she mediates business, employment, divorce, privacy, and other civil cases in her private practice in Laguna Niguel, California. Mari's a professor of negotiations and conflict management and has been a certified state bar trainer for over 25 years. She teaches leadership and conflict management courses at Brandman University and here at UCI, and she trains corporate leaders' powerful communication and conflict transformation skills. To learn more about the show and our great guests, please visit conflicthealing.com. Mari, what's your show about this morning? This is a great show because we're going to be talking about our lives and how to have a meaningful life. And we have a repeat guest on our show with us. We are going to be welcoming again Chaney Weiner, and I'm going to tell you a little bit about him. If you haven't heard uh, our previous interview, uh, Chaney Weiner is a sought-after authority on human potential and personal development, and he's the founder of the Chaney Institute of Human Potential. It's an organization dedicated to empowering people worldwide in all seven areas of their lives, which includes financial, physical, family, mental, spiritual, vocational, and social. And he helps them discover their hidden brilliance and uniqueness based on what is most important to them. He is a transformational leader and an expert on success in raising human potential, which we all could use. And Cheney has inspired people around the world, sharing his breakthrough methods for personal and professional success in those seven different areas of life, which are really our most important. He also um, is has been in the media. He's been on our show, but he's also been featured on Montel Across America with Montel Williams. Hollywood Confidential with Lisa Gibbons, Martha Stewart Living Radio, Hay House Radio, and hundreds of radio shows just like ours. And Chaney is the author of this book that I've been reading that I'm really enjoying. It's called Because This Is Your Life, How to Live a Meaningful Life While Feeling Respected, Appreciated, and Recognized for Who You Are and All You Do. And you know, we have the name of our show now is Fighting for Love and we have to learn to love ourselves, and he talks about that in this book. And we have to love ourselves as really the expression, if you're spiritual, if the expression of God or the expression of our human potential. We have a duty to do that. 
So we're going to talk about that book right now. And I want to thank you so much, Cheney, for coming back on and spending time with us today. Well, thank you for having me on. I appreciate it. And I appreciate you having a show like this because it's really out there to help other people. Yes. You know, um, I have a new book with my co-author, Leonard Simchuk, and it's called Fighting for Love, Turn Conflict into Intimacy. And I know you talk a lot about conflict also in the book because our greatest human potential is to really live a life of happiness and peace. So why do you feel that some people have difficulties in dealing with conflict while others, you know, don't find much difficulty in it? Well, first I want to say congratulations on your new book. Oh, thank you. So I want to take care of that. Now to answer your question, I have a quote, and I mentioned it in the book, and it goes like this. It's, we're all the same, but we're also different from each other. And that sounds kind of contradicting, but it's not. And I bring that up because that is really at the root of why people have difficulties in dealing with conflict while others don't. And really what it comes down to is every person has something that's most important to them in their lives. Something that's first most important, second most important, third most, and so on. We have two people that come into contact with each other, and this also applies to businesses, nations, etc. but let's just talk with people. One person has what's most important to them, and they want the other person to kind of live that way, but the other person has their own way of doing things, and so there's this conflict in there because everybody wants someone else to be just like them, mm-hmm. but, they, but they don't realize this. In fact, it's funny, really quick, there's a... Um, episode of Twilight Zone where there, uh, there's this guy who goes around, he wants everybody to be just like him, and in Twilight Zone, they they actually, he has one day where it's like that, and he realizes that, geez, I, I, I got to get away from myself, I can't be, I can't be around people who are just like me. I, it's, I bring it up, and we laugh about it, but it's so true when it comes to dealing with conflict, because conflict comes about because we want someone else to do what we, what we want them to do without honoring what's most important to them and their uniqueness. So obviously there's a way to go about that and how to communicate in a way that you can facilitate these types of situations. Right. And, you know, without any conflict, if we don't have someone who's there to point out to us, hey, you know, look what you're doing, you know, especially someone that we care about that says, wait a minute, do you realize that you're doing this or do you realize that when you say that I'm really hurt? that we are, are there to be mirrors for each other, right? You, you just hit the nail right on the head, and that's really what it's about, is every person's a mirror for us, whether we like that or not, but most people don't realize that, because people look at someone else and say, well, well, they're doing this, they're dishonest, they're this and they're that, but at the same time, everyone's been dishonest in some way, everyone's been what they see in someone else. And that's the other thing that's involved in conflict and being able to, let's just say, resolve it in a way that benefits everybody involved. Um, Some people really try to avoid conflict. We've got the people who fight or flight, you know? And, And, you know, others really love to fight. You know, they like to get into the arguments and that kind of seems to um, motivate them and, and get them all jazzed. Uh, what do you think about that? It's interesting you bring that up because I always, something that 
it's always stuck out in my mind. I, I remember Michael Jordan throughout his whole career, which, by the way, today's Michael Jordan's birthday, which is interesting. But um, he would always say that he was always looking for the challenges. Now, granted, with him, it was on the basketball court, but he had people who were coming at him who didn't like him or agree with him. But he, and I use him for a reason, because he was looking to take on challenges because he knew that it would take him to the next level. Well, it's true for every person in their own lives. And the people who try to avoid that, they shrink, they don't grow. And this doesn't mean that you go out and just look for things to be hard and difficult and really almost, if there is such a thing, impossible to do. It's just knowing that when things come your way, to embrace them, take them on and see how you can learn from them and how you can take that to the next step in your life so you can go to the next step in your life, if you will. Exactly. You know, um, we've done workshops, my co-author and I have done workshops called The Gift in Conflict, and people would say, what? What What do you mean, the gift in conflict? But I know that you get it, you know, when <laughs> there are, there's the negative side of conflict where people are in pain or they're stressed out or whatever. But what is the, what, how do you see the positive side of conflict? Well, obviously it's going to depend on the particular situation, but there's one thing that's true in every situation. I talk about this all the time, and it can never be said enough. Every situation has two sides to it. So if, if you have let's say person A, let's say a man and a woman, I'll just use them as the example, and they're getting into this argument over something, and it's usually something, obviously, that they're in conflict with. Well, from the guy's perspective, if he is, let's say, aware enough to look at the situation, he'll see that there's both benefits and drawbacks to what he's in conflict with, with the female, it's the same thing, but when they're arguing, one person is looking at it as more drawbacks than benefits, the other one is doing the same way, and then you have this clash that takes place, so the way I like to look at it is look at every situation as being two-sided, there's benefits and drawbacks, equal amounts to every situation, it's just a matter of figuring out what those are, because when you do, not only do you dissolve fear and get rid of the fear, but the conflict goes along with it. Yeah. And, you know, conflict or anger is really a signal to us, right? It tells us that there's something that is wrong, something needs to change. If I get in conflict with my husband about, you know, maybe selling a car or something that we need to get rid of and he doesn't want to do it, I mean, there's something that needs to change. We both need to really look at a situation, understand each other at a deep level, hear each other. And, and often that doesn't happen. People just talk at each other. Yeah, but, but I was going to say, you know, um, you, let's talk a little bit about more uh, about loving relationships. And, you know, you talk about that there's three types of relationships that exist. Let's talk about those. Well, the one relationship which you can call being careless is when you have one person who's trying to project onto someone else that they should be doing it, they have to be doing it the way you want, and they minimize that person in the process. And we've all been around someone who's like that. It's basically it's my way or the highway attitude. Then the opposite of that is you got the person who uh, the second type of relationship is the person who's let's say they're walking on eggshells. They don't want to rock the boat. They don't want to upset the other person, and they in a sense they minimize themselves, and they're also putting that person on a pedestal, and it's that type of thing. And then you have the caring, or as I like to say, the loving relationship, and that is. When you have one person knowing what's most important to them, knowing what's most important to the other person, and they communicate in terms of that. So if you have a man and a woman, 
he, in fact, I have a great story that I'd like to share in a minute about this. It's a matter of communicating what's most important to one person in terms of what's important to the other person and coming to a meeting ground, a mediation, a middle ground. And that's the caring relation. That's the one that you could say keeps the ring on the finger, keeps the relationship going and sustained over time. Right, right. So tell us the story that you want to share. Yeah, it's right right in line with that. And I had a woman that came into my program. I have a program called Breakthrough to Achieve. She came into the program and she... It's, it, it, it's ironic, I used to live in New Jersey, and she was living in the same town. I was living in South Carolina, but she was living in the same town that I lived in at, at, at a past point in time. And she met this guy, or she was in a relationship with this guy for four years. She, he had just got divorced, and he had, at the time, an eight-year-old boy, son. She wanted to get married and have a child with him, and she was basically pushing that onto him and he it's not that he didn't love her he just told her back off but she just she was pushing her agenda onto him that was the source of the conflict that they were having so i had a list of five things that are most important to her the five things that are most important to him and i had her just go right down the line and ask well what's most important to her five things five ways how it serves his first most important second most etc long story short I had to come up with 250 different ways on how what's most important to her served him and what was most important to him served her. It took her a few days to do it because she really took her time. What was surprising was when she did it, she broke the relationship off because mm-hmm. she said, you know, I want to put my focus onto my business because she was into interior design. She, put the, she broke off the relationship. I didn't hear from her for about eight or nine months. She sends me an email nine months later. She said the guy showed up at the door on Christmas with a ring and proposed to her. So, of course, I asked her, well, what in the world happened? Well, I knew what, I knew what was really going on, but I wanted to hear, her, hear it from her. She basically said that as a result of what I did with her, she took a step back, gave her time to just clear her head, gave him time to work on on himself, as she put it, and once he realized, well, she also had met someone else, and he got wind of that, and then he started to put, connect the dots, and he got a greater appreciation of her, and she wrote me and told me, she said, you know, the stuff you did with me, she says, this stuff works. That's exactly how she put it, and it's one of those things that you don't see, but I'm certain that it had to do with what I did with her because she got to see the things that are most important to him and she wasn't pushing her agenda onto him and that really decreased the conflict in that case and it just opened up a different line of communication. He sensed that and he proposed to her. And did they end up getting together? They ended up, they ended up getting married on the beach in Maryland. Oh, that's good. So you should feel good about that one. Yeah. So here we are, you know, on the, on the campus at the University of California, and there are a lot of people that are looking for love, and I have friends that are looking for love. And, um, you know, what should they be looking for? Should they, be, you know, it's, should they be looking for someone who is like them? Or should they look for someone who's very different from them? How should they be, you know, looking for someone? Should, what, what should they be doing? Well, obviously, there's always going to be that type of connection. You know, it just clicks. Yeah. 
type of thing. So you have that going on, but you also have this whole notion of just understanding that no two people are exactly the same. In fact, there's a saying that goes, if any two people are exactly the same, then one is unnecessary. And kind of sound, it sounds funny, but no two people are exactly alike. Now, you may have two people that are, you know, maybe 80, 90% is close, but they're not exactly alike because one person's going to like one thing, someone's going to like another. One person's going to have one way of expressing how they want to spend time with someone and the other person is going to have their way of doing it. So it's it, to, to have anyone think that they can be with someone who's 100% just like them, it's not going to happen because every person has things, different things that are most important to them. But again, it goes back to what I was saying before. Now, like the story I was just sharing with you, what's most important to you, what's most important to someone else, and you do this for every particular situation that comes up, how can you communicate what's most important to you and how can it help them while what's important to them has to help you? And that's really what it comes down to. You know, it's about getting to know yourself and having that mindfulness and that awareness of what you want. I think it was so helpful, Cheney, when you did ask her to do that because a lot of people don't really sit down and question what is really important to me. If they know what they're, what's important to them when they meet someone... Um, it's going to be rather clear they don't have to be heartbroken. If, if someone is, you know, at a childbearing age and they fall in love with this guy who says, I'm never going to get married, I never want kids, like, that's the way I am, then, and, and you know that you're dying to have a family of five kids, that's all, I mean, you, you can see the writing on the wall if you really know what you want. But if you don't know what you want, then you've got some problem, right? Yeah, and in fact, Along with that, the other part of that story I was sharing with you, that uh, there was another part to that. And she, like I was saying before, she kind of had him up on a pedestal because when I asked her, well, what are the things that you admire about him? She rang off, I think it was 34 things that she admired about him. I said, well, what do you despise about him? She had a hard time coming up with four of them. Yeah. So you had that lopsidedness. So I also had to say, well, what do you despise about him? What, what do you despise about him in the different areas of life and what he does? And we quickly brought that up to, I, I think we had at 42 things she liked and it was 34, 35 that she despised. But there was a reason for doing that because if she had him up on that pedestal, yeah. that would ultimately escalate conflict somewhere along the line. So by her bringing it even, that helped as well. Yeah, and you know, Whenever someone puts us on a pedestal, that we we, uh, we have clay feet, right? We're, <laughs> we're only going to fall. I mean, I, that always worries me if someone puts me on a pedestal because there's no way I can live up to that. I'm All the human, time, yeah. Right? Yeah. And sooner or later, you're going to end up resenting them in some way. Yeah, and they're going to resent you if you fall off of that pedestal. What do you mean you're not perfect? Yeah. So, you know, that's a hard one. But, you know, you talk in your book and we talk in our book about this is the, the importance of really learning to accept yourself. And, it, you know, if you don't care about yourself, if you don't love and respect yourself, you're not going to have any love or respect to give to anyone else, right? Yeah, and strange as it sounds, you mentioned about loving yourself. Many people think that loving themselves is this conceited, ego, stuck-up thing. That's what it was like when I was growing up. That's what it was seen at. But that's not the case. That's not. It's. It's really again. It's. It's looking, taking a look at yourself and saying, "All right, what do I like and what do I despise about myself?" Because the bottom line is, every person 
is going to be nice. And, I mean, take a look in your own life. There's moments you're nice and there's moments you're mean to someone, whether it's you or somebody else. Right. Whether you're mean to them or mean to yourself, we're all like that, and there's nothing wrong with that because there's times when that's going to come into play. What I like to mention about all the time with this is it's a good example. When I was growing up, I was I had an allowance. We're talking early 80s here. I had a $5 a week allowance. And in order to get that allowance, I had to do things, chores, mow the lawn, clean my room, that type of thing. But here's the thing. If I didn't do that, my mother and my stepfather were not particularly nice to me. They were mean to me. They were challenging me. And that's a gift. So some people see that as a negative, but the benefit was that is I have more responsibility. I don't have the sense of entitlement and that type of thing. So, yeah, you know, they were challenging me, but that challenge served my life. It's the same thing in a relationship. If somebody is always giving in to someone else, that is a sure recipe for a relationship and or a marriage coming to an end at one point. Because like we were saying before, someone's going to resent the other party and that's going to be the end of it. Talk a little. You talk about forgiveness as well. So, if there is a point in a relationship where you have done something that the other person feels betrayed, let's say you have betrayed them, you know, or that you didn't keep their confidences, or you know, you were flirting with someone else, or you had a, an affair, or something like that, you know, um, but you love that person. What What about forgiveness? Well, I. Surprisingly, to most people, I don't actually teach this whole notion of forgiveness because it basically is if you're having to say, I forgive you, then there's still some emotional charge on whatever it is you're forgiving them about. Otherwise, you wouldn't be forgiving them in the first place. So what I like to do is if you feel that urge to, to forgive someone, just ask, well, what's there to forgive? Mm-hmm. And look, and whatever it is that you want to forgive them, over, look at both sides of it. How did what they're doing benefit you? Because when you see the benefits in that, the need to forgive them goes out the window. Is it okay if I share another story? Sure. I had a situation back in 2006 when I got into a business with someone who was living in California. It was a, pers- it was a fitness training studio. I went out to California. I gave this guy $30,000. I never got the money back. I went back to New Jersey. On Thanksgiving that that year, I was writing about to write this guy an email, and you know I was kind of going to let it out, but I'm thinking, geez, you know, you know, what do I do here? You know, how do I go about this? Do I forgive him? Do I not? I chose not to forgive him, and the reason why is because I took a look at how that situation served my life. Yeah, I got beat for thirty thousand, really fifty, including moving expenses, but I saw enough benefits in that to basically, it changed my life because it set me down a different path. It gave me more guts, if you will, in dealing with high-level situations. It just, and really the big one was that it sent me down a different path. It got me out of fitness industry and into personal development. There was nothing to forgive him over because I saw the benefits and the blessings in that. So I sent him the email and I thanked him for that experience. And that's really the whole point right there. If you find yourself in that situation where you want to forgive someone, look and see how what you're forgiving for, how, how to serve your life. Because otherwise you'll hold on to it forever. There'll, be, there'll, there'll always be a conflict within you towards that person. And again, 
every situation has two sides. I know I keep saying it, but it's true. Every situation has two sides to it. Look for the blessings, the benefits, the positives in that, and the need to forgive someone is is dissolved. It's gone. Well, it, I, I kind of I think what you did was really give it up. And my my uh, interpretation of forgiveness is to give it up, meaning to give up being chained to you know the 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 negativity being chained to the resentment and so that's what you did you gave it up you totally gave it up and when you do you can move forward if you don't forgive which i mean if you don't give it up from your perspective that that's basically what my definition of forgiveness is is that you give it up for yourself it doesn't matter about that person they'll have their own karma right but if you give it up let it go and you say, you don't have to be friends with that person. You know, no. sometimes you may reconcile. I mean, there are times that my husband has done things or I've done something with my husband where we do say, I'm sorry. I, you know, I won't do that again. I will change or he'll say that. When that happens, that is giving up the negativity and starting again. But someone like that guy that you were in that betrayed you, you don't have to have another relationship with him in the future. No, I, I basically, I saw the benefits in that to me, right. and, and I never, and as a result, I, I never saw it as betraying, because he was looking to get something out of the deal, and so was I, and, the, and what I got out of that was worth far more than the money that many people said that I lost over it, so there was no reason for it. It served my life, it benefited me, so there was just nothing to, quote-unquote, forgive him over, and yeah, you know, I let it go, and it sent me down a different path, and I'm grateful for it. But like I said, he never answered me back. But yeah. that's okay. <laughs> that's okay. I mean, that's his karma, not yours. That's his, you know, if he can't forgive whatever he wants to forgive. But you have in your book, Because This Is Your Life, How to Live a Meaningful Life, you have some really wonderful um, chapters here on, on really questioning yourself. And I think that's what's really important is to question, you know, what what have you learned in life, you know? Who are you really? Now, that's a tough one. (laughs) You know, I think that's such a tough one. If I think about it, am I the same person I was when I was 21? No. You know what I mean? And we're constantly evolving and changing, right? Yeah, I can. uh, Am I the same person I was when I was 21? At my true, deep core, yes. But obviously a much more mature version now and you know, most people could pretty much say that because you know we're we're born i mean we're we're born to every person is born to to provide value to the world and to do it in a way that's unique to them right. and right. that part that, that part doesn't really change it's just a matter of finding out what that is but what does change is the maturity level, obviously, and just knowing how to deal with situations differently. And that's really where I've grown as a person is handling those situations. Because I used to be one of, the, of those people when things didn't, when my, as I put it in the book, when my childish, immature fantasy wasn't met that people had to agree with everything I would do, I would get angry and mad. Well, I got over that, and I learned that, and now I know how to deal with those situations in a much, what I say, mature manner. Exactly, exactly. Well, we're just about out of time. Why don't you just uh, give us your website and the name of your book, and then it's going to be time to go. Yeah, the book is called Because This Is Your Life, and the website for it is www.becausethisisyourlife.com.
Yeah, and there's wonderful pearls of wisdom, and I love the subtitle, How to Live a Meaningful Life While Feeling Respected, Appreciated, and Recognized for Who You Are and All You Do. And that's what we all have to be able to do that for ourselves is to appreciate our skills, our talents, our all of the good things about us. So I thank you. This is really wonderful, Cheney Weiner. Okay, and I thank we you. Will, we'll keep in touch, and we'll have you back again. So thanks so much. Well, thank you, Mari. I appreciate it. Okay, you take care. Bye-bye. Okay, okay, bye-bye. Some people die for love, and I believe it's true, because I do the same for you. The opinions and views expressed in this program do not reflect those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents.